0: you ready wasaw cyclones hockey drops the puck on the new year as we make a playoff push with one dollar domestic beer and two dollar craft beer this friday and saturday night at 7 10 p.m buy tickets online at wasawcyclones.com go clones
1: what's going on cyclones fans jake senholz back with you for another episode of inside cyclones hockey Last week I lied. I said it was episode 22. It was in fact episode 21. Uh, t- episode 22 right now uh, is underway with uh, a very short segment out of me because uh, we've got three uh, extended interviews. Uh, I didn't mean for it to work out that way necessarily, but uh, Zach and I just kept talking. I uh, had a lot of coaches for or a lot of questions for Coach Bailey, and then uh, Luke Anderson came through with one of the uh, best, uh, one of the most fun interviews uh, for the Players Only segment yet this season. I said uh, uh, hopefully we're going to get a uh, maybe an interview all-stars type thing towards the end of the season to really wrap up and reflect on however the season ends up, and uh, Luke definitely going to be a part of that group. Uh, also, he also gave me an idea when we got off air um, that uh, I think I'm going to pursue here in the next couple of weeks. So a lot of fun stuff coming up in the Players Only segments, so uh, definitely make sure you're uh, Make sure you're following us across social media. Make sure you're liked, rate, uh, subscribed, all of that. Uh, it really helps us uh, with our numbers and um, uh, helps us just uh, know who's out there and who's listening and who we're all reaching. Uh, the the platform that we use can actually uh, tell us uh, what states and what countries uh, we are being downloaded in. And for some reason, uh, we keep getting downloaded in Germany. So I don't know who our German listeners are out there. Um, but we're appreciative, we're appreciative of you, and uh, tell your German friends. Um, maybe uh, I did make one German reference um, during, uh, I think I said Guten Tag, about something during a broadcast earlier this year, so maybe that's what drew you in. Uh, who knows, but uh, thank you to those of you listening uh, anywhere uh, across the globe, especially right here uh, in the United States, obviously. For those of you uh, who have not been able to come see your Uh, son or uh, nephew, grandson, whoever it is, your loved one, uh, play in person for the Cyclones. Uh, We hope that this podcast has helped you kind of keep up with the team uh, throughout the season. And uh, like I said, a great interview coming up with number 13, Luke Anderson, and a bunch more player interviews on tap as we move forward in coming weeks. Uh, Just two games to tell you about to kind of recap both of them against uh, the Oregon Tradesmen who have kind of turned into this arch nemesis, arch rival of the Wausau Cyclones already this season. Uh, Five straight games against them, unfortunately, five straight losses against them. That all turned around on Thursday, December 30th, when Wausau would finally put Oregon away uh, by a score of five to one. We're going to get to that game in a minute. Let's talk about Wednesday night's game. Uh, Mitch Miskovich getting the start in both of these games. He had a very, very busy weekend. Uh, he made let's see, quick math here: fifty-six saves on Friday or on Wednesday night. Uh, these games happen on Wednesday and Thursday, so excuse me if I keep saying Friday, Saturday—a little bit confusing. Um, but Mitch uh, having himself nearly a one-hundred-save weekend. Um, he had, he saw over a hundred shots on the weekend, but it was a high-scoring affair. Final score: eight to five. Uh, the tradesman. Uh, took a 3-1 to lead into the second period. Then the Cyclones responded with three goals of their own, coming from uh, Wesley Coquet, uh, from Gage Viersba and Bordun. and then uh, the very next goal, Gage Viersba. So uh, Viersba uh, with multiple points, including two goals on both nights, uh, two goals for him on Wednesday night, two goals for him on Thursday night. Uh, Dylan Chapman also getting, uh, I believe, his first goal of the season. I could be wrong. Uh, in the third period, uh, Wesley Kokay with two goals and uh, Pavel Bakhtin also put one in the net as well. Uh, but the the Wednesday night game ultimately belonged to Riley Vanderhooven of the Oregon Tradesman, uh, netting four goals on the evening, and I believe he had an assist to go along with that as well. Uh, so a heck of a night for Riley Vanderhoeven. Ultimately. Um, Cyclones tried to battle back late in the third with that Dylan Chapman goal, but, uh, the tradesmen, uh, just taken, taking advantage of the power play twice. And, uh, ultimately, uh, that would be, those two goals would be the deciding factor. They got an empty netter as well, making it eight to five, uh, for the final. But, um, for those, uh, who like to bet on sports out there, maybe you got some, uh, some, uh, gamblers, uh, as listeners and fans, I started off the broadcast on Thursday night by saying this is the picture perfect, this is the ultimate letdown spot for the Oregon Tradesman. You come into this game having won five in a row. Uh, You won semi-convincingly the previous night, uh, five in a a row against the same opponent. It was the night before New Year's, so I'm sure uh, these being young guys, uh, they had plans, they had friends they wanted to get back to, they had uh, things they wanted to do. Uh, probably just wanted to get back home to Oregon with another win in their pocket, um, but that just makes it, like I said, the ultimate letdown game, and Wausau able to jump uh, all over them um, in the second and third period. It was Jason Tenzaka scoring the first uh, and only goal of the first period, and he did it with uh, less than four seconds on the clock. was kind of a weird little goal, um, but I uh, did... Uh, not letting it get to him was Mitch Miskovich as he played uh, the rest of that game. Scoreless, uh, scoreless 40 minutes uh, shut out uh, the, the previous two periods. Sorry, I'm stumbling here. I'm trying to get to uh, Mitch's numbers. He made 30 saves on 31 shot attempts. Goals for the Wausau Cyclones coming from Gage Viersba, Dylan Chapman, Blake Neal, Gage Viersba and Pavel Bakhtin. So uh, a lot of the same. And I was actually mistaken. It was uh, not Dylan Chapman. Uh, like I said, it was Blake Neal uh, that scored his first goal of the season for the Wausau Cyclones. That happened in this game.
0: Last night. Chance in front. And they're just like that, Shoemake finds a man in front. And the Cyclones take a 3-1 lead. Who was that that scored the goal? Looks like it is number 8. Blake Neal all the way down from his defensive position gets one pass, Garber, and it's three to one in favor
1: of your Cyclones. Uh, The ultimate game winner was scored by Dylan Chapman just six minutes and 37 seconds into the second period. Gage Viersba gets on the score sheet twice, assisted by Wesley Coké both times. And a
0: nice step there. McDonald getting a stick in a passing lane and creating this odd man rush. It's Viersba and Coké. What's Viersba going to do? Waits, and it pays off as Gage Viersba makes Cole Garber commit to him and still beats him with the move to the back post. It's 1-1. to Gage Viersba does it again. He had two goals last night, gets on the board here early in the second period. And the leading scorer of the Cyclone squad just continues to do what he's done all season. Gage Viersba with another good-looking goal. Pavel Bakten
1: gets on the score sheet both nights, as does Dylan Chapman. So um, pretty successful couple of games. For a handful of cyclones, cyclones finally get the tradesman monkey off their back with a very, very good five to one victory. They outshot Oregon thirty-eight to thirty-one and even prompted a goaltender change part partway through the second period as Cole Garver uh, would be relieved by Ian Hedekin. Uh, so, uh, was a very, very good game to end the uh, end the first half, if you want to call it that, of the season on. And uh, send them into a little bit of a break, a much needed and a much deserved break at this point. These guys have been grinding away since October, and uh, just everybody needs a little time off the ice, a little R and R. I know most of these guys went back and uh, got to have a, a good time with their family and um, and uh, for for Christmas, and then uh, a little bit of a break. Uh, from the 29th and 30th uh, all the way to Friday, January 7th. So another full week-long break uh, for the Wausau Cyclones as well. St. Louis comes to town uh, this Friday and Saturday night. You're going to hear plenty about that in uh, my coming conversation right uh, after this with Zach Surway. Just want to give you a real quick... um, it's going kind to of set the table against St. Louis as the Cyclones have not played them for a long, long time. I think the first couple of games maybe this season uh, were, came against the St. Louis Junior Blues. Uh, so let's just talk about them for a minute. Jack DePron uh, leads the team with 23 points. Uh, Michael, uh, Mikey G, uh, I remember, if you guys remember early on in the season, uh, I believe uh, you say his last name, Getsu Sevili. Uh, Gekhut Gac- Sevili, uh, but they told me uh, I went and asked them. I asked their coach, and he said, "Ah, we just call him Mikey G." So that's what we're going to stick with. Uh, Braden Wilson with fifteen, uh, Bocardi with fifteen, uh, Gianluca Bocardi with fifteen, Tyler Williams with eleven, Gus Imkin with ten, Michael Kennedy with ten, and then it starts to drop off a little bit after that. Um, so it's not like this. Uh, not like this team can't score. Um, but uh, a bit of a goal differential, a negative goal differential for this squad. Uh, Let's see. The goal differential right now for the Wausau Cyclones is currently at negative 21. St. Louis Blues at negative 80, so quite a significant difference there and uh, obviously has been uh, the weak point of the St. Louis Junior Blues game. Uh, let's take a look at their goalies. They've started four different goalies this season. Uh, looks like three of them are still on the roster, but uh, the lion's share of the time has gone to Brendan Cobb. He has allowed 88 goals on almost 1,000 shots this season, uh, giving him a 4.18 goals against and a 91.1 save percentage. Uh, so really not too bad uh, as far as save percentage, especially when you've seen 1,000 pucks come your way. Uh, He's played 1,262 minutes and has got a record of 4-15 and uh, with one shootout loss. Espen Rager, uh, the other goalie that's gotten significant time, he's played 369 minutes. Uh, His number is just slightly below uh, Cobbs at 4.56 goals against 8.894 save percentage. He's allowed 28 goals on 263 pucks that have come his way. Uh, so an opportunity uh, for solid play between the pipes as we typically get out of the Wausau Cyclones, but an opportunity to really get that offense clicking, uh, put some big numbers up on the scoreboard, and uh, uh, really start to uh, increase the number of goals scored on this season, maybe start to chip away at that negative 21 goal deficit. I know Luke Anderson who told me, uh, who is our guest On the Players Only segment this episode, Uh, he told me one of his goals is to reach 20 goals this season. He's got eight right now, Um, so a big opportunity this weekend against St. Louis to uh, maybe boost up those numbers. And I know he wants to catch Gage as well, Uh, Gage with, uh, I think, an eight-point advantage right now and Gage with uh, 15 goals on the season. So it should be a fun one, Uh, hopefully a lot of offense, and hopefully a couple of Cyclones wins against the visiting St. Louis Junior Blues this weekend. A lot more happening this weekend as well, but I'm going to leave that for Zach Surway, who's going to let you know about it right after this. I am Jake Senholes. You can follow me at, at Senholes on, on Twitter. As mentioned, make sure you're following the Wausau Cyclones at Wausau Cyclones across your favorite social media. We appreciate you all being here with us inside Cyclones Hockey. For those of you who can't make it down to the Marathon County Ice Arena, I will talk to you at about uh, ten to seven on Friday night over on HockeyTV.com. We got Zach Saraway, we got Colin Bailey, and we got Luke Anderson coming up right after this. Tommy's Express Car Wash has everything you need to keep your car clean, and with locations in both Weston and Wausau, it's never been more convenient. With their amazing conveyor belt loading system and license plate recognition technology, you can be in and out in three minutes or less. Plus. Take care of the inside of your car with free vacuums and floor mat washers right there on site. Tommy's Express on Schofield Ave in Weston and Bridge Street in Wausau. Don't miss a minute of Cyclones Hockey this season. Catch all the action on hockeytv.com. And welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now is Director of Business Operations, Zach Surway. And uh, Zach couple of games coming up at the Marathon County Ice Arena this week, including a Friday night game against the St. Louis Junior Blues. And uh, as listeners, loyal fans know, Friday night's a great time uh, to be a Cyclones fan, uh, mostly uh, because of great hockey, but also Campus Pub and our partnership with them. Uh, remind the fans what Campus Pub is offering and uh, uh, how much fun they can go have uh, across town on Friday nights.
2: Yeah, so for every Friday home game during the season, uh, all fans in a, a attendance twenty one and over are going to re- receive a free drink token uh, that they can redeem at Campus Pub over on the the west side of Wassa. Um, it's actually been picking on qu- picking up quite a bit with people um, interested in that promotion. We even had some people at the games last Wednesday and Thursday ask, them, "Where my drink?" coupon is and uh that's is only a a friday promotion uh, for all friday night home games so you just want to send a reminder uh on that hopefully uh they'll be uh, heading over to campus pub after a big cyclones uh win here friday night
1: and maybe for those of you who are with us early in the season got one of those um uh cyclones magnet schedules maybe you can just uh Cross cross reference with the calendar, and I don't know, put a special check mark or something on those Friday night games that we have remaining. Make sure you come down, come on down, and get yourself a free drink ticket. Um, but sticking with the theme of beer, uh, Friday night drinks, uh, we've got some beer specials going on this weekend. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, we're kicking off uh, 2022 uh, with a bang, uh, and all beer, domestic beer, is going to be one dollar. Um, and then all craft beer is going to be just two dollars so it doesn't get much better than that uh, beer and hockey goes well together and uh, we're going to celebrate the new year with hopefully a couple of cyclones wins and uh, you get to cheer it on with some uh, cheap uh, beverages as well
1: yeah I mean everybody loves a one dollar domestic but what really jumps out at me especially as a uh, A craft beer drinker, $2 for a craft beer. You can't find that anywhere. You know, uh, bars don't give you that good of a deal. Nothing. uh, $2 for a craft. Um, Definitely uh, something you're going to want to take advantage of. Maybe you have a a good few with us. Have somebody drive you over to Campus Pub and just top off the night with that free drink. Or maybe stick around for a couple more as, uh, you know, it's always a good time over at Campus Pub. But uh, lots to do with beer this weekend. So I hope you come on out and cheer loudly for the Cyclones. And also when you come out to games, remember we have game programs available for you that uh, really uh, gives out a lot of information. Zach, are are fans not taking advantage of those? Do we have a bunch left over after game time and uh, we're just not getting them in the hands of fans or uh, what's going on with these game programs?
2: Yeah, I just want to really remind people because sometimes, you know, as people are coming um, in the door, they're obviously in a hurry to, to get in the door, buy their ticket and, you know, maybe get a beverage in their hand and look at some merch. So I uh, just wanted to uh, remind people of that program. The other thing that's nice about the the program, there's all kinds of different information about area businesses that support the Cyclones, a full list of promotional schedules in that and then also we put a roster insert uh, in those programs as well. So you can take a look at uh, the rosters from each of the teams and, and learn a little bit more uh, that way too, about the, the team, the players out on the ice that night. So um, people have been doing a good job of picking them up. It's just uh, wanted to put a, add a reminder out there for people that, you know, sometimes are in a hurry um, getting in the door uh, or maybe running a little bit late to the game and, um, make sure to take advantage of that, uh, on game nights.
1: Yeah. And that's totally understandable that people may be missing them as, uh, especially when we got a good crowd on hand, that, uh, lobby area can be a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of commotion before those doors open a lot of people excited to get in and cheer on the Cyclones. So just make sure you're grabbing those, uh, and you can familiarize yourself with uh, the Cyclones and their opponents and, uh, who knows, maybe recognize some names, uh, down the line and some higher levels.
2: Yeah. The other thing I want to mention about the program is there's a nice feature in the program. I believe it's the first or second page that lists out um, where all the teams in the NA3 are located with a nice um, map of the United States. So you can get a better idea uh, of where all these teams are are from. And a lot of people that are coming to the game for the first time don't necessarily know that it's a, it's a nationwide league and um, there's, you know, 30 plus teams in the league itself. So I know from talking to, to a lot of fans, that kind of blows their, blows their mind a little bit when they, they learn about that, that these, these players are coming from all over the country and that there's teams uh, located all across the country as well. Yeah, and that's
1: represented, you know, very much in our roster itself. Uh, zero Wisconsin kids, so we're, we're reaching to all corners, and uh, as are many other teams in the NA3. Um, but our sock uh, giveaway was last weekend, I know, very, very successful. We are completely out of socks. Uh, So hopefully everybody in attendance got some, but uh, they were uh, they they were an awesome uh, giveaway. And we've got more happening through the next couple of months. You want to highlight some January, February promotions.
2: Yeah. So January after the weekend games here taking on St. Louis, we're not back home until the 21st and 22nd. On the 21st, that's going to be the Cyclones pint glass giveaway. Uh, presented by Budweiser and that will go to the first uh, 250 fans 21 and over um so that's obviously a nice collectible item that you can can reuse and, and drink your favorite uh beverage uh throughout the course of the off season uh and even in to next season so you want to be in line and get your tickets for that as tickets have been going going well for that game itself um yeah, and then uh, on the
1: tw- let, let me go- just jump in there quick Zach um with the pint glasses are very very nice and they hold up really well the decals you know sometimes you know if you put a glass through the dishwasher enough or it's a little bit cheaper you know it starts to fade away or whatever uh, i can tell you i have used and washed my old river Wolves glass a million times over and it still looks brand new so uh very high quality glassware that we're going to be yeah. giving
2: out yeah no doubt i'll have to to thank uh our friends at stacy lynn creations who helps uh helps do those decals on those buses and some of the other items that we do. So she does an excellent job with her and her staff of, of providing a, a good quality decal on those products uh, for sure. Um, like you said, you never want to get a promo. I know I've, I've gotten some promo items from some even professional sporting events or my other minor league stuff and you get it and you wash the shirt or you, you know, use the item once or twice. And then it's like, it's done. So we uh, try to pride ourselves in providing a quality product that you can uh, you know, use over and over again and obviously get our brand out in the community at the same time. So look for that one January 21st. And then the, the next weekend after that, uh, we just have that one standalone uh, home and home with Oregon that weekend. Saturday night, we're at home at Marathon Park. And this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be um, Los Sinclonos night, um, so we're going to be giving a, a t-shirt courtesy, uh, giveaway courtesy of La Taqueria, and they're also going to be serving authentic Mexican food in the lobby that night, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some um, Mexican music uh, playing as well, so it's going to be uh, a unique atmosphere, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to partnering with La Taqueria on that game uh, upcoming later this month.
1: We got to get some big sombreros on the on the heads of our like uh, intermission competitors or something that night to get everybody in the spirit. But uh, free Mexican food in the lobby. I mean, uh, or is it free? Is it included? Or is no? It it's no. It's not free. It's uh, uh, that's my mistake. Be, that's why I, ca- I caught yeah. myself. I was like, you know what? I don't think it's free. But still, Mexican food in the lobby.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've had Los Acarí. I mean, it's a really good. Um, it's a, definitely a change from what people are are, are used to. Um, Luis, over uh, the owner of La Taqueria, he's actually um, grew up in, the, I believe, in the California area, um, and he went to school at UW-Stevens Point and was looking for um, some type of food option that he was used to uh, growing up in California, and uh, decided to own a, uh, get this restaurant industry going, and right now, um, he's actually has a location in Wausau over there across Marathon Park, and then also... Um, I believe he just opened in Wisconsin Rapids and it's going to be opening in another location upcoming in Oshkosh here real soon. So it's got a l- little bit of an empire growing. Um, and if you want to take a look at some of their different menu items that they offer, you can just uh, his website is real simple. It's just Wisconsin dot com to find out more about uh, some of their their offerings uh, at La Taqueria.
1: Yeah, I've been to the one right across from Marathon Park uh, a couple of times now. It's always super packed. Um, Obviously, some very, very good food and some loyal patrons over there. So uh, maybe, if nothing else, a chance for you to try the product and definitely uh, set up a lunch date there sometime uh, coming up soon. Um, Zach, we don't have to run through the whole month of February uh, because obviously that's looking quite a ways into the future. But uh, maybe let's talk about uh, the uh, $2 beer night and then the wiener dog races.
2: Yeah, so we'll just uh, cover those that first weekend in February. So the two-layer beer night um, will be happening uh, Friday, uh, February fourth, and then Saturday the fifth. It's going to be the wiener dog races presented by S.C. Szwederski. So uh, we're going to be having wiener dog races happening uh, during the intermission. So you don't want to miss this uh, this event. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I've done it in the past. Of uh, past. Uh, uh, areas teams that I work for um, in hockey so it's a, it's a lot of fun family uh, fun event that you, you definitely don't want to miss upcoming in the in the month of February and the other thing that's going to be important about that series is we'll be taking on Milwaukee Power um, who we're going to be fighting for a playoff spot here towards the second half of, of the season so it should be an action-packed uh, weekend there as well. Yeah, a lot
1: of important games coming up uh, through the, well, obviously January and February, but through the rest of the season here against some beatable opponents and uh, opponents that we definitely need uh, need to gain the points on. So that'll be a fun weekend overall. And I personally will throw it out there. Um, if you're only able to hang out with us over on Hockey TV, I will make sure and man the camera during that intermission so you can experience the uh, Wiener Dog races in full. Uh, so you'll be able to check that out on HockeyTV.com as well. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, a lot more happening through the month of February, but instead of looking two full months out, uh, we'll just save that for the next episode. But uh, Zach, I kind of alluded to it um, a playoff push, the first playoff push, legit playoff push uh, in the history of Wisconsin uh, or WASA, excuse me, junior hockey. And, uh, you know, got to have some things go your way, got to have a couple losses here and there from the teams up top as well. But uh, if the Cyclones can just go out and, and win the games that they're supposed to win, we may be looking at a playoff run here.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, right now, as we as we sit uh, today, as we're recording it, they're three points uh, ahead of Milwaukee. Um, we've played one more game than M- Milwaukee, though. Um, a big – I mean, it obviously really starts here this weekend versus St. Louis. So you got to get those. And then uh, we play Milwaukee. Um, down there in Milwaukee, just a standalone game on the 15th. And I believe over the course of the second half here we'll play um, Milwaukee head-to-head a total of six different times so um, we're gonna have to win those games I think that's at the end of the day it's probably more than likely what it's going to come down to is is winning those head-to-head matchups and hopefully trying to to go um, 500 the rest of the way from those other games to, to make that playoff spot and as it stands right now we'd match up uh, with the Rochester Grizzlies in the, in the first round of the, of the playoffs. So hopefully we'll see some playoff hockey in the month of March at Marathon Park, and you're definitely going to want to uh, stay tuned for the, the second-half playoff push. It's going to be an exciting atmosphere every single game at Marathon Park.
1: Exactly, and uh, five of the next seven overall Cyclones games going to be home games um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to come out and watch the game in person yet, uh, no better opportunity than right here in the month of January, a little bit of a gap right in the middle of the se- or right in the middle of the month, but five out of the next seven games, uh, hopefully you can fit one in, uh, and come on down and watch some great junior hockey with us. So Zach, um, bit of an extended conversation tonight, but I know we had a lot to cover. So thank yeah. you for your time and, uh, we'll see you on Friday night. Go clones. Go clones! That is Director of Business Operations for the Wausau Cyclones, Zach Serway. All right, Cyclones fans, you've heard us talking about Apex Learning Virtual School and how it's a flexible online program with hundreds of NCAA-approved courses. But what we haven't told you is that you don't have to enroll as a full-time student to take advantage of their program. Let's say you need to free up your mornings or afternoons and you want to just take a class or two online, you can do that too. If you need to retake a class to improve your grade for NCAA eligibility, ALVS does that as well. Most traditional high schools will take credits from Apex Learning Virtual School. As a matter of fact, thousands of students uh, who are enrolled in traditional schools take summer classes each and every year with ALVS. As you can see, ALVS isn't just for hockey players. Have a child that could benefit from online learning? They offer courses in grades six through 12, and any student can enroll in their full-time program or enroll part-time just taking the courses that they need when they need them. Learn about both opportunities on their website at www.alvs.com. And welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now, head coach of the Wausau Cyclones, Colin Bailey. And uh, coach... Let's get it all out of the way. Christmas, New Year's wrap up, everything good. Have some
3: fun. Yeah, it was a much needed break, had a, a good amount of time to spend with the family and kind of get away from hockey for a little bit and much needed. So uh, nice and reloaded for the second half of the season here.
1: Good deal. So I wanted to talk to you for a minute about just the the NA3HL showcase overall Um I, I obviously I did all three games. I had a lot of thoughts. I thought you guys looked pretty good for the most part, especially in the second and third periods of those second uh, two games. Obviously uh, things sort of fell apart after Will Britton goes down with an injury against El Paso, but you got a chance to see all three goaltenders um, and uh, made a few comebacks um, including a four to two victory over the Sabres and then nearly pulled it out against Alexandria. But um How big of an impact uh, defensively against the Rhinos was was Britain going down? I know he's a really, really solid defenseman for you guys. A lot to do in the penalty kill, things like that. Um, Was that kind of the turning point in that game or did, did El Paso just really turn it on?
3: I, I think it was kind of a culmination of things. I think that could have probably been, you know, you could probably look back and pinpoint that as one of the turning points. But um, it was just kind of one of those things where we just turned it off for about a, a solid 12 minutes there. And, you know, against a solid El Paso team, they, they make us pay for that. Um, you know, you look at the other 40. I mean, we played, you know, a pretty bad 12 minutes of hockey. And then you look at the other 40. 48 minutes of hockey there I mean it was a 2-2 game so I mean you eliminate that and um, you know kind of goes into this what we've been looking at all season is just putting together a full 60 minutes and um, that was obviously a pretty uh, evident example there of what happens when you don't play a full 60 but um, definitely was a tough loss not having Will in the lineup and then definitely hope to have him back uh, sooner rather than later.
1: Well, and you said 12 minutes, and I think if I recall, all, mo- all the damage that they did in the second period actually came in like eight, eight and a half or nine minutes. So it was just them taking taking advantage of, and sometimes things just go the other way, like the, everything's going for, for the other team. Like they're um, taking advantage of uh, odd man rushes and putting some real pretty pucks on net, like. Wasn't like a bunch of slop goals; they were earning them out there. But uh, you guys put that game behind you, and then, like I said, you know, you go down two nothing in the first period against the Sabers, and then you play uh, forty minutes of shutout hockey uh, behind Ryan Burke, uh, your young uh, your young goaltender, who I think that was only his second uh, started game this season, if I'm correct. Uh, you end up winning that game four to two, and then uh, the momentum carries over, and you guys played really well against Alexandria as well. So overall, outside of like you said nine minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it was. I think the showcase was pretty successful.
3: Yeah, I I definitely would agree. I I think that second game was really important for the boys there. You know, we – been playing pretty decent hockey and and just kind of like you know you hate to pin it on this but just bounces not going in our direction um and you know I mean at the at the end of the day that's really what makes hockey such a great game is it's you know it really is a game of bounces um but you know I think consistently we've been playing putting together some pretty decent hockey I'd like to put together a consistent 60 minutes um but it was it's nice to finally see those guys get rewarded and uh, you know the the game against Badlands was a um, nice little uh, reward for them there, and you know you hate to see the Alec game uh, end the way that it did, but you know I thought that they played an exceptional game, uh, you know, against Alexandria as well, and um, went into that with a nice break and, and came back responding against Oregon, which was which was good to see. So I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, you guys uh, able to top Oregon uh, five to one in your second meeting of that weekend, um, so you get a, a win uh, notching the belt against them as well. Miskovich, uh, saw a lot of action that weekend, um, and made some highlight reel saves, man. Uh, I had, I had a couple calls that uh, they were just fun. Like he leaves me speechless a lot of times with that glove hand. I know I was talking to him and he says he's been baiting it and it's been working for him. Like, I don't know. I don't, why not, why they're not going, you know, five hole blocker side, whatever. (laughs) They just love putting it at that glove and, and Misko just robs them every time. Um, but something else that you guys got kind of uh, started in started going in the uh, showcase. And then it definitely carried over into those couple of games against Oregon. Power plays looking looking better, moving the puck really well. And uh, they're converting and, and scoring some goals. And I think that's uh, just something that, you know, you were setting things up early on in the season, moving the puck well, but they just couldn't find a way to get it past the goal line. They definitely have been recently.
0: With 2:53 left in the period, we're going to play the next two, or hopefully less, on the man advantage as Gifford gathers.
1: Number 14
0: walks to the center, redirected in front, second chance back door, and it takes the Cyclones all of 10 seconds on their first power play of the evening, and once again, we're all tied up at four.
3: Yeah, it was it was good to see uh, that as well, and. Um, You know, it just really seems to have been clicking, especially with the power play units and kind of uh, around the whole team as well, that, you know, we really need to just gain possession um, and maintain possession and move the puck around quickly and and get to the net. And, you know, you get pucks on net, you get traffic to the front of the net, good things happen. And, you know, it's um, we really adopt that simple style of play and, and just puck possession and really continue to emphasize that. And good things have been happening.
1: Yeah, that gauge Viersbo west uh connection just seems to be just on fire lately. Um, so it's uh, it's it's fun to see. And we also got Luke Anderson on the podcast this episode, and he's been a major part of your power play success with the team leading uh, seven power play points this season. Um, so we're going to talk to Luke in just a minute here. But, Coach, I don't want to keep it too long, um, but just – w- Overall, in general, um, I guess we kind of split the season in two here at New Year's. But if you could look back on the first half of the season compared to it's pretty much the same exact roster, uh, not much turnover. or New guys brought in uh, at all. Um, uh, A very cohesive unit at this point of the season. But looking back uh, when you guys got on the ice, you know, mid-October versus now, like what's one area where you think you've really, really improved and you're maybe most proud of, of this team right now?
3: Yeah, you know, I think I think that's uh, it's got to be our resilience and and just the never quit out of this team. Um, you know, you look at the last, I think it's up to four or five games now. Um, we've come back from behind to either tie it or, or go ahead. Um, you know, and that's just it's It really says a lot about this group and just. Um, you know, the, like you said, the cohesion between them and just, you know, the love that they have for each other, um, just to be playing for each other, never quit on each other and just know that they could come back um, really is a special thing. And I think that that's going to really help us out and pay um, pay off going off to, you know, down the stretch here towards uh, playoffs here. Um, so I, I I think all in all, that's, that's the most important thing that I've taken away from this first half of the season and um, one of the mo- biggest things that I'm the most proud of.
1: And uh, for me, I think it's crazy to see how well these guys pass and know where each other are going to be. To me, um, you know, compared to the to beginning year or years past, like it just seems there's there's tape to tape all the time, which is always impressive to me, no matter what level of hockey. But these guys uh, have a, a real read for each other. You c- They complete the, they complete drop passes like flawless drop passes all the time. Just uh, that's a huge chemistry thing. But, you know, when you're looking cross ice or you're trying to hit a man split in 2D or whatever, they do it at a high percentage rate. So uh, to me, that's something that really jumped off the page.
3: Yeah, you know, they there there definitely is a lot of chemistry between this group. And I mean, they're spending all their time off the ice together as well. And, um, you know, one my big thing was really uh, emphasizing a family culture and uh, these, you know, kudos to these guys because they absolutely adopted that and absolutely ran with it there. Um, but no, it's that was another big thing that I wanted to be a, a good puck moving team. And, um, you know, they've they've really improved greatly with the, the puck movement and the vision and, and just the recognition of um, their surroundings, you know, throughout the ice. And um, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to watch when they're clicking. It's a lot of fun to coach. And um, I'm really excited for what's to come. And I, I, I'm just so excited for these guys.
1: All right, Coach, uh, five of your next seven at home, so we'll be seeing plenty of you around the rink here in the next few weeks. Uh, as always, best of luck, and uh, hopefully uh, we get some good news, get a couple key players in Britain and mopping back healthy here in the next couple of weeks, and maybe, just maybe, uh, uh, we we got a playoff push ahead of us. Uh, we will see. We'll talk to you uh, plenty of times here in the coming weeks. Uh, thanks, as always, for your time, and uh, good luck this weekend.
3: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jake.
1: You bet that is head coach of the Wausau Cyclones, Colin Bailey.
3: Do you like beer? Because we got you. We have 40 tap lines to help peace everybody. Stouts, we got you. IPAs, plenty of them. Sours, you better believe it. Or if you're just like a standard domestic drinker, we don't forget you. Stop down tonight after the game and we'll help satiate you.
1: Milwaukee Burger Company, located on Stewart Ave, just minutes away from the rink. And welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now for the first Players Only segment of 2022. Uh, it is number 13 from Canton, Michigan, Luke Anderson. And uh, Luke, I always like to, uh, well, first of all, thank you for taking some time here tonight. Um, let's let's start with your uh, holiday. Uh, did you go back to Michigan? Uh, enjoy your break a little bit? Uh, yeah, I went back home and uh, saw my family. So it was nice. Yeah, I know. Obviously, you're not from too far away. I know um, something very unique about this roster. You guys don't have a single Wisconsin player, so I'm sure most of you guys uh, left Wausau. Um, Some of you guys, uh, uh, Hayden especially, uh, having to go far, far away, Um, but you're pretty lucky you got to stay rather local and just go to Michigan. But uh, glad to hear you got to spend some time with the family. But uh, outside of the holiday, I always like to just kind of start these interviews um, just asking you guys... uh, I see that you played in the NAP uh, for a few years before you got to the NA3. But uh, starting, you know, growing up, uh, where did you play in Michigan? How did you kind of get into uh, hockey? And when did you start to take it real serious and know, like, uh, this is kind of what I want to try and pursue after high school and try and, make, uh, try and make a little career out of it?
4: Yeah, so I started, like, back when I was five or four years old. My parents got me into it. They loved the sport, so they got me started going on it. And then I started playing like competitively when I was 10-ish. They have a lot of AAA teams there. So it's really good competition. So uh, my first AAA team I made was Victory Honda. And they they, they weren't the best, but still a AAA team. Yep. And uh, it was a great first start for me to start my career.
1: Ice time is ice time, especially at that age. Um, but... I played a lot of triple hockey growing up, triple A hockey as well, growing up. Um, some of my best memories with those teams. Uh, but eventually you work into the NAP um, and uh, you were on on the same team for quite a few years with that. Um, do you think playing in the NAP prepares you better for the NA3 more so than like guys that stick with a typical uh, public high school or um just tell me a little bit about uh, the NAPHL experience, because I never played in that league or anything uh, in that level. I played for my local high school. So um, did you like traveling all over the country like that? Would you have rather stayed local sometimes, especially at a younger age? Or how did NAP go for you?
4: I thought the NAP was great. Uh, the travel is fun. You got to hang out with all your friends at the hotels, do all the fun stuff you do there.
1: But, Lots uh, of tournaments, got, probably.
4: Yeah, child tourneys, stuff like that. But you got a lot lot of exposure to the NA3 and NA scouts in the showcases that they do, like in Blaine and Troy. So you got a lot of exposure. It really develops
1: you for the NA3. So you end up your first year NA3 last year with the El Paso Rhinos, who you guys randomly got a chance to take on uh, at the NA3 showcase just a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's about 30 teams that you guys kind of ended up playing against and uh, happens to be your old squad. Was there – you still know any guys on that team, or was there any, like, extra motivation or excitement to uh, go out and try and get a win against them? Uh, I,
4: I, I was really excited for that game. I thought it was a good game for most of it, except for a couple minutes where we broke down. Yeah. But I got a couple buddies on that team. I talked to them after. Great guys. It was really fun playing them.
1: So then uh, this year – And yeah, the El Paso probably that game probably didn't end up the way you guys wanted, but you responded with two two great games uh, and got to see all three goalies play. So overall, like I said to Coach Bailey, I think you guys uh, were pretty successful and uh, had a lot of a lot of good things happen uh, at the at the showcase. But uh, you end up here in Wausau and uh, find yourself as the third leading scorer, just one point behind uh, Hayden right now, but. I don't know if you've looked at your stats or how in depth uh, and compared them to the rest of your team, but pretty much any way you slice it this year, man, you've, you've been having a really, really good season. Um, Would you consider this your best season of hockey that you've ever played? Probably. I know looking back at stats, if you combine the last four years, like your total points in the last four years uh, you should surpass just this year, what you were able to uh, get on the score sheet the last four years combined. So is this the best year of hockey you've ever had so far?
4: Uh, I think I think it's going really well this year. I think uh, I'm trying to play my best and get the puck moving, get some goals, get some assists at the same time. And like you said, I'm one down from Shuey. I've been trying to catch him for a while. I'm still trying to catch Gage too, but you gotta do what you can do. So. <laughs>
1: Gage, Gage got a little bit of a gap uh, on you, but he he seems to be he's one of those guys where if he gets one point on the night, he's got three points on the night. So you know yeah. it's, it can be hard to catch a guy like that. But um, I know you guys spend a lot of time. Uh, you're a very key player in both the power play and the penalty kill. So I know you guys uh, um, spend a lot of time playing together. Um, have you always been like a power play unit kind of guy, or is that I know? Um, I, I honestly don't remember uh, what line you started on this season. What, had you been first line all the time? Cause I know you're, you're getting first line uh, center reps for uh, mo- most of the time at this point in the season.
4: Um, last year, like we said, El Paso, I was not a power play guy by any means. And uh, I mostly played PK down there. They liked me on the PK. So i I've, I've been on PK for a while, but I'm not until this year. I wasn't really much of a power play guy,
1: but I really like it on the, power play. It's great. Well, you're making the most of it because you have a team leading seven power play points uh, in the form of three goals and four assists. So it seems to be working out pretty well for you. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the penalty killing unit, though. You guys started off the season so hot. Uh, Obviously, one of your best penalty killers is probably Zach Maupin, who's been out with injury. Um, But he had two, two penalty killing goals, two shorthanded goals, I should say. Um, Over like a span of like four games early on in the season, you guys had one of the highest kill rates in the entire NA three. But now you're missing Will Britton and Zach Moppin. So a few guys, including yourself, really have to step up. Uh, What's the I guess uh, what's not really the chemistry, but uh, what's the vibe every time uh, you guys are called for a penalty? Do you go out with a ton of confidence knowing how good of a penalty killing unit you are?
4: Uh, yeah, I know that our penalty kill was good. It, we we showed at the beginning of the season we can kill basically every penalty. We kind of got into a slump where we're getting some bad bounces that we couldn't really do anything about. But I think we're starting to bounce back with the penalty kill. We're starting to get back going to where it was. So I think it should be top-notch in the upcoming
1: games. Yeah, and uh, as you guys uh, head down the stretch here, um, you're playing against uh, some teams that uh, definitely – you need the points, especially if you're looking for a playoff push here, but uh, they're lower than you in the, in the conference standing. So uh, hopefully, I don't know, you guys obviously looking to keep it that way, um, but taking advantage of penalties and then being able to kill them off, obviously huge, especially against, uh, say, a team like Oregon. I don't know if you know this, probably not, but uh, between um, the first game you guys played, not the, not your 5-1 game, but the the game before that, and then the Eagle River game, uh, you guys scored a combined seven power play goals on each other between two games. So obviously uh, special, special teams had it having a heavy effect in that, uh, you know, in that uh, back and forth between Oregon, but uh, keep doing your thing. Uh, obviously, like I said, seven points, uh, pretty good uh, penalty, power play points rather um, at this point of the season, you have eight, eight goals and 12 assists. Have you always considered yourself more of like a, a playmaker or are you always, you like to try and be a goal scorer or a little bit of both?
4: Um, I really think I'm a playmaker, but my,
1: my parents want me to be a goal scorer, just
4: like every parent's kids want them to be a goal scorer. I try to score goals, but if it doesn't go my way, then I'll set up some of my teammates so they can bury some goals.
0: Everybody got a tag up? They do. Now Anderson goes after it. No look behind the back. Pass, and it finds Bakhtin, and Bakhtin finds the back of the net. What an incredible goal to seal this game for the Wausau Cyclones four on four set up with a no look between the legs backhand pass by Luke Anderson Pavel Bakhtin buries it and this one's gonna be a win for your Cyclones
1: and you play with uh, a couple real good goal scorers uh, on either side of you so you know it makes a makes getting an assist a little bit easier when you're playing with guys like that but like I said Any way you slice it, you also are second on the team in plus-minus with a positive four on the season. You only trail one guy in Will Britton. Um, So, like I said, any stat you look at, you're having a pretty good season, man. Um, What are some of your personal goals uh, the rest of this season? But as you obviously try and work up through the NA3, uh, what's like one thing you're really trying to work on in your own game?
4: Well, by the end of the season – For my personal goals, I'd like to get at least 20 goals on the season and reach that mark. That would be really nice for me. I think it would be great. And then uh, develop in the NA3 and get some sort of college commitment or some sort of college. Talk to me. I think it's a good school. I can play hockey there. Be a good first or second liner and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of you guys have potential to play as long as you want to. Um, there's been some guys on teams in the past or just guys that I know in general from the NA three, uh, where they're still playing three or four years later. And I never, you know, I didn't think that they were that phenomenal of a player, you know, uh, three, four years ago. And here they are still playing at a pretty decently high level. So, uh, I'm hoping for a lot of you guys, uh, you're going to be able to, to continue on into higher levels here. And I, I certainly think that you fall into that category. Uh, Last couple of questions for you here. Uh, a couple of games against Wilmar coming up, and I think uh, maybe your biggest deficit in the entire season in a game uh, came against Wilmar. Uh, you guys got that one circled on your calendar a little bit, looking for some revenge on home ice?
4: Oh, yeah, we're, we're
1: looking forward to
4: those, those games. They're going to be great games. We'll hopefully pack the barn, get a bunch of people in there, get nice and rowdy, and uh, bury some goals on Wilmar.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, well, one of the last thing I kind of want to ask you about is your goaltender group. I grew up playing goalie my entire life. Um, so, uh, I'm always partial to, uh, when teams love their goalies and it's very obvious that you guys, uh, like all the goalies, uh, one through three, and, uh, you're always back there showing support, you know, if maybe one dribbles in or, uh, whatever the case, but, um, just in general, uh, blanket statement, how big have, uh, Miskovich and uh, Dojan and even uh, Ryan Burke, who came out, and got you guys a win against the Badlands Sabres. Uh, how big has it been uh, knowing that you guys can go out uh, with confidence? Whoever's between the pipes, uh, they're going to come and bring their best every night.
4: Well, it's, it's been huge. It's a huge motivational uh, uprising when we have good, confident goalies that can bail me out. I know Misko bailed me out last game when I missed the net, puck rimmed around, he made that sick glove save. And that, that, that was a really nice save. And, uh, Doge got the call up to the U show the other day uh, yep. that shows from his play here. So, but we have really good goaltending. I think it's going to help us in the long run.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I love making calls, uh, on those Miskovich glove saves. I know I was talking to him a little bit and he's, just, he says he's been baiting the shooters and I believe him because it's worked like every time, just that glove hand of Misko is, is something else, uh. You, you ever try and beat them uh, on the glove side in practice, or you just uh, you avoid that thing completely?
4: Well, I try to, but I can't beat them. Ready catchers are weird, so
1: I, I always go blocker on Misco. I say that all the time. I'm like, you know, you can't underestimate just how weird it is. Like 98% of the goalies you ever see in your life growing up playing hockey are regular, you know, uh, left-handed catchers. And then all of a sudden, like you're coming down the ice. And the guys just flip flopped. It's like, I think it. I think it throws off the shooters a little bit. So he's got that going for him. But um, anyhow, uh, five out of your next seven games at home. Uh, so hopefully a, a good amount of uh, home wins and uh, some good action here in the month of January. And then hopefully you guys can position yourself uh, for a bit of a playoff push here. But um, I'll be seeing you around the rink. And uh, don't be afraid. I know you and a bunch of other guys uh, come out, sign autographs, meet all the young fans and everything, which is really cool of you guys. But uh, don't be afraid to say hi to Luke if you see him around the rink. And uh, thanks a lot for your time, man. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. That is number 13, Luke Anderson. Hey, hockey fans. Head into Fleet Farm where you'll find everything you need, from tires to tree stands, drills to dog food, toys to tools, they've got it all. You can save even more at Fleet Farm when you join the Fleet Farm Rewards Loyalty Program. You get exclusive offers and it's totally free to sign up. Get everything you need at a low, low price at Fleet Farm. Shop in store or online today. Fleet Farm, proudly serving the Midwest since 1955.